This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Jim, are you okay? Can you hear us? Yeah. Yeah, what happened? Uh, this down? operation? No, no, no. This operation at my place is running on an iPhone and then a contraption that plugs into the iPhone, oh. and it just drains the hell out of the battery. So I had to plug it in there in a little five-minute break that we had to try to get some juice time at seventeen uh, percent. Okay. So I had to quickly unplug it and plug it back into the microphone. Let's make this quick. I thought maybe uh, you short-circuited the equipment because you were speaking so moistly this morning. <laughs> <laughs> doing some moist speaking <laughs> every time i hear it if you don't know what we're talking about uh, i hope juan the colombian back at the station can pull this clip up quickly here justin trudeau addressing the nation yesterday and everyone seems fixated on one term that he used during this press conference if people want to wear a mask that is okay it protects others more than it protects you because it prevents you from breathing or, or, or speaking moistly on them. Oh, what a terrible image. <laughs> speaking moistly. Speaking moistly. <laughs> I'm just speaking moistly. The way Trudeau does talk, it's kind of moistly, you know? It's He's, always very... It makes me cringe, is what I'm saying. He is a bit of a moist speaker. Which is the new close talker, by the way. <laughs> it's one thing to be a close talker, but I'll take a close talker over a moist speaker. <laughs> I don't want to feel the humidity on my neck. <laughs> oh, gross. Speaking moistly, our Prime Minister, Justin Trudeau. <laughs> I know. Buddy, I'm on the radio. Get out of here, okay? There's my three-year-old. <laughs> he just barged in here. He said, Daddy, did you eat all of my Chex cereal? Uh, no, I didn't eat all of it, but I did eat some of it. <laughs> There's some crumbs in the bottom left for you. I left a full bowl for him to enjoy this morning. We are rationing out the cereal around our house. <laughs> Thanks for interrupting, pal. Um, we are doing our best here, isolated in our homes, to continue to entertain you here and to keep you informed as well. Whenever there's some announcement that needs to be made, we're, we're doing our best to get that on the air ASAP. And here's one for you. Uh, another reason you shouldn't be calling 911 right now, Jim. Yes, do not call 911 if your mom steals your weed. This is a real story Sunday from Simcoe, and <laughs> 911 OPP are urging people, your mother taking away your weed is not an emergency. Please do not tie up precious first responders' resources with these type of calls. This is the police statement from the OPP in Norfolk County. Uh, Norfolk County Detachment responded to a 911 emergency call for a family dispute at a Simcoe residence. It was determined that a 14-year-old male became involved in a verbal altercation after accusing his mother of taking his marijuana, <laughs> at which time 911 was contacted. Uh, officers arrived. They separated both individuals. Uh, they determined no injuries were sustained as a result of this incident, and they're reminding all members of the public to help your community by behaving. 
<laughs> it's the same altercation I just had with my son, basically. Daddy, are you <laughs> eating all my Czech cereal? No, son. In this family, it's, Mom, did you smoke my weed? <laughs> I left a little in the bag for you. <laughs> yeah, there's a little. There's, there's some shake at the bottom. Roll a joint. Who do you think called 911? The mom after the kid was becoming aggressive or the kid because his mom stole from him? I don't know. And did the, that is the question, too. Did the mom take the weed because she doesn't want her son smoking weed? Or did the mom take the weed to smoke it on her own? Yeah. I pushed you out of my body. I can take a dime off you. <laughs> and let's take a look at today's matchups, Jim. First up, we've got Ingersoll taking on Delhi. Oh, yes, Chaz, a legendary matchup here. Ingersoll used to be a bustling little town in the 19th century It was as it was home to Borden's Condensed Milk and Morrow Screwin' Nutco. Unfortunately, as the population dwindles in Ingersoll, the young men want to screw a nut, they got to drive to London or to Nicky's in Woodstock. <laughs> They're taking on Delhi this morning. Delhi was named after Delhi, India, uh, during uh, the 1860s British reign, which is why in Delhi they always say, Get her, India! And they call their minor hockey team in Delhi the Delhi Travelers. Why the Travelers, Taz? Because in Delhi they want to honor anyone who leaves Delhi. Kettle Point is taking on Dresden today. Tell us about those towns. Kettle Point is home of the Dream Catchers, the gold medalists in this year's Ontario Native Volleyball Invitational. Also, right at the main intersection there, they get the convenience store, Two Eagle Video and Smoke Shop. Never been there personally, but I checked out some Google reviews, and they are the following. Too pricey on items, but not smokes. Nice clean store, cheap smokes. It's pretty expensive, <laughs> but cheap smokes. And simply, cheap smokes. They're taking on Dresden this morning. And speaking of smokes, you got to stop off at Roscoe's Smoking Bong Shop in Dresden, Ontario. But there's one thing they do in Dresden better than any other small town in the area, Taz. Cow tipping. Usually tip about 15%, but if the cows are really yielding dairy, they'll tip them about 20 <laughs> uh, you mean like gratuities yes Taz not no not physically not tipping no that's the, ignorant yeah. and rude that's rude you gotta give the cows gratuities though <laughs> also St. George versus Simcoe today and Jim Kelly why don't you tell us about Stony Creek versus Beamsville well, Taz, I have no idea how Stony Creek snuck its way into this competition with thousands and thousands of people in the city. I'm going to call it a city, but it is an amalgamation of a bunch of smaller communities, Tapley Town, Tweedside, Vinemount, and Winona. They had to unify, mostly because Winona wouldn't stop shoplifting from the other towns. <laughs> and Stony Creek is taking on Beamsville this morning. Beamsville is famous for having a pizza hut, which so Ooh. many t small town kids had their birthday parties at at one point. And over a hundred years ago, Taz, in 1898, hockey players in the town of Beamsville were the first to make use of a hockey net. That's right. 
Beamsville, Ontario is where people first started using hockey nets, which makes me think hockey must have really sucked before 1898. <laughs> with no net, that's not hockey. That's figure skating with a puck. <laughs> Thank you, Beamsville. Changing the course of history there. We've also got St. George taking on Simcoe. Ah, yes, St. George, Ontario, or as Juan the Colombian calls it, San Jorge, Ontario. You gotta try Tito's Pizza, T-I-T-O's Pizza, when you're in San Jorge, or as Juan the Colombian calls it, bury your face into some Tito's. They're taking on Simcoe this morning. <laughs> We're talking the town of Simcoe, southwest of Hamilton. Not the county of Simcoe, north of Toronto. But rest assured, this town has a lot to offer in a small package, like its own Fanshawe College campus. Ooh. Pretty impressive, eh, Taz? And can you believe it? They even have a Walmart. Yes, I guess those Simcoe, Simcoe Fanshawe grads got to work somewhere. <laughs> you go simcoe <laughs> all right there you go kettle point dresden st george simcoe stony creek beamsville and ingersoll versus delhi the matchups today vote for your favorite small town right now and it looks like we have uh, some kudos to give out on the show this morning to some rich people you know, it's easy to hate on the rich people, but sometimes they do some pretty nice stuff here. Sometimes. Case, case in point, I'm sure, Jim, actually, I'm sure you'll find a way to crap on this somehow. Okay. The CEO of Twitter, Jack Dorsey. You know, Ugh. you see him on there, Jack. You see him on twi Twitter tweeting about stuff. Always tweeting, that Jack guy. Uh, he is donating $1 billion to fight against COVID-19. He uh, put this out there, says, quote, I'm moving a billion dollars of my square equity, that's about 28% of my wealth, to start, uh, hashtag start small LLC to fund global COVID-19 relief. After we disarm the pandemic, we'll focus, uh, we'll shift the focus to girls' health and education and universal basic income. It will operate transparently, all flows tracked here, and he put a link so you can follow the uh, the fund there. Mm. This guy, man, he's 43 years old, worth around 3.3 billion dollars. I can't believe a billion is 28 percent of his wealth. After that, <laughs> yeah. he's still got two more billion at least. Yeah, 2.3 billion dollars left over. But good for him. I I mean a lot of of rich people they think of their legacies and what they're going to do with the money when they die, but Jack says, uh why not do something now? The needs are increasingly urgent. I want to see an impact in my lifetime. I hope this inspires mm -hmm. others to do something similar. Life is too short. Let's do everything we can to help people now. All that for the guy who invented the app that's made people hate each other more than anything <laughs> yeah. else on the planet. Yeah, Jack, don't log on to Twitter today because I'm sure everybody is being super critical about your amazing <laughs> billion-dollar donation to fight COVID-19. I, I think that's pretty cool, man. I, I'm super jealous of the guy. $3.3 billion net worth, and he's given a pretty big chunk of it away. 
we also saw Ryan Reynolds, who is, I don't think he's just Canada's sweetheart. He's hes the world's sweetheart. Who doesn't like Ryan Reynolds, right? Yeah, he's the best. He jumped aboard a great cause with uh, hockey great Haley Wickenheiser yesterday. Yeah, she's in school. She's in medical school right now, and she's seen firsthand what it's like to be on the front lines. Uh, so she's calling for uh, a, a, a public outcry for, for medical supplies, basically. She's asking anybody, since she has some clout on Twitter and online, she's asking anybody to donate masks, gloves, chemotherapy, gowns. And this was on her Twitter uh, account on Monday. She said, I don't want them for myself. These items are not for my use. I'm not seeking cash. Let's all just work together and uh, help our frontline friends out. Ryan Reynolds follows her on Twitter. He noticed. He's like, hey, let's all help Haley Wickenizer here. And he said that if you donate any of these medical supplies uh, to Haley's cause, he will, uh, he- he'll-, he'll give you memorabilia from his movies, personalized movie memorabilia, like Deadpool stuff, Green Lantern. Come the on. Hitman's Bodyguard. I don't know what that movie is, but um, have you not he's seen got that all movie? This... No. What is it? Hitman's Bodyguard is pretty good. It's uh, Samuel L. Jackson is like the most famous hitman in the world, and then uh, it's, it's some everyone's trying to kill him for some reason, and then Ryan Reynolds has to become the Hitman's Bodyguard and help I Sam see. Jackson stay alive, even though he hates him because Sam Jackson isn't a nice guy. It's kind of a forty-eight hours thing where they have mm-hmm. they have to work together even though they're they're butting heads. <laughs> and Ryan Reynolds is the fast talking quipper. Yeah, as he plays in every movie. You know, they're, they're getting shot at. There's explosions going off, but they still find time to bicker at each other mid-fight. <laughs> it's fun. I guess I gotta watch it, especially uh, if I'm gonna get some signed memorabilia. Yeah. I wonder how much stuff these guys have laying around the house from their movies, eh? Any of these famous actors? Uh, do you think it's actual stuff that he stole from the set, or is it like promotional stuff, posters and stuff? I doubt he's giving away an de- actual Deadpool mask. Oh, I was hoping for like props. I don't know. Do you Maybe think he just that- reached. Do you think the Deadpool mask would prevent against COVID-19? <laughs> you Could go hurt. into the hospital and a doctor's wearing... Why doesn't Ryan Reynolds just donate all his Deadpool masks to the hospitals? <laughs> I do not want to go to a hospital and hear the word Deadpool at all, I think. Yeah. Uh, this is a pretty cool. Uh, so if you want to know more about this, go to the Taz and Jim socials. We'll put the links for Haley Wickenheiser's... Um, uh, drive to get medical supplies out there in the Toronto area. She has a drop-off point today where you can uh, you can uh, take the stuff and get it in the hands of healthcare professionals who are desperately looking for supplies to stay safe as they try to keep people alive in the uh, midst of this pandemic. Yesterday, a photo went viral from London, Ontario. It was the uh, the North London Costco location where the lineup stretched around the building, out onto the sidewalk, down the street. Uh, people started freaking out, saying that it didn't look like the people in line were distancing enough. They, they looked pretty close together from the angle the picture was taken at. Saw a couple different photos from different angles, and... Um, it did look like there was more space in between them, depending on where you were standing, taking the picture. But the lineup, there's no question, the lineup was insane. 
and you got to be a dedicated Costco fan to stand there in that lineup for hours waiting to get into the store, man. It was it was pretty wild. We'll talk more about that coming up in about an hour's time. If you were in that line or if you uh, drove past it yesterday and you want to talk about it, one eight three three Taz and Jim. That's one eight three three eight two nine six five four six. You got to make sure you're doing your distancing because you can get fined now. They're fining people in cities right across Ontario if you're not practicing social distancing. I heard a story, Jim, uh, in the Niagara region. A friend of a friend got pulled over. It was two women in a car. They got pulled over, and the officer asked them if they live in the same household. They said no. They were going to work together, and they both got tickets. $750 tickets because they were not practicing social distancing. What if one was in the trunk? Is that, <laughs> is that far enough for you, officer? <laughs> and with the COVID-19 pandemic going on, a lot of different industries have had to change the way they operate, and uh, real estate is no exception. I thought it would be interesting to get the past president of the London St. Thomas Association of Realtors on with us. Our buddy Jim Smith is on the phone. Good morning, Jim. Hi, guys. How are you now? Good, Good man. Uh, you hanging in there? How are you liking, those, liking these homes that you're quarantined in? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, it's it's uh, an interesting situation, and I'm assuming for realtors, it's uh, kind of scary to have to go into other people's houses right now. Yeah, it is, but uh, we have initiated proper procedures and protocols that have come down through the Ontario Real Estate Association. They have said basically no open houses, so you won't see the Sunday open house two to four signs around. Um, but we do have procedures like with forms that we get um, clients or customers to sign before they go into a home to view a home. They have to sign to say that they haven't been out of town in the last 14 days or they haven't been around anybody that's been diagnosed in the last 14 days. Um, when you enter their homes, it's usually don't touch anything. All the lights will be left on by the seller. All the doors will be left open. The closet doors, even cupboard doors for that matter, will be left open by the seller. So that basically when you're going through, you're doing a, you know, you can take your time, but you're not touching anything. You're doing an in-and-out procedure. And then, mm-hmm. of course, you're you're looking at online videos and online pictures. And what's the market like? Uh, I'm sure London, Ontario may be different than the market in Hamilton, Ontario, but uh, are, are people still buying and selling real estate? I would say has it's about half. I was just, I, I monitored every day just to see how many new listings we're getting versus how many sales we're getting. Back through January, February, March, we were actually getting more sales and listings. It was it was eating up all the inventory on the shelves. But now, for example, yesterday, I think there was 31 new listings, and there was 15 sales reported. Now, that would be just from the day before or two days before. So it definitely is in the April market that we are used to, especially in the last three to four years. But there is still activity going out there because people are just exercising the proper procedure and protocol. Yeah, are you seeing the the bidding wars that have been basically common uh, operating practice when you're buying a house for the last couple of years? Is you can't go in at the asking price; you got to start trying to outbid the other twelve people who are after the same place. Yeah, yeah. I mean, amazingly enough, in the last well, since we've all been into gone into this uh, lockdown state, 
There, last week, I think, there were two days in a row when five sales, the first five sales reported, three of them were over asking price. So I, that just blew me away. I go, wow, so there really are people that are still actively looking. And you know what? And there are circumstances why people are looking. They're looking because, A, they sold their house. They haven't bought a new one. Um, yeah. They're building a house, and their house is being built, and they got to take possession, you know, the end of June, mid-July. Um, so there's all the different reasons that people are still actively in the marketplace. You don't, I think it's more out of necessity than it is out of, oh, hey, honey, let's go look at some houses today. Maybe it's time we moved. Yeah, I mean one of the one of the fake lines that we're using now is, "Does this seem like a house you should be quarantined in?" <laughs> <laughs> I know in in the Hamilton market uh, in the past couple of years, there have been some people who are complaining that the prices are going as crazy as they have been in Toronto, and it's getting less and less affordable to live in Hamilton. Do you see housing prices coming down in the region over the next uh, however long? this quarantine isolation period last? Well, if I could answer that, I could make everybody a mayor. But uh, I do say, I will say this, guys. I will say that I don't see a massive drop. And, they, and then the, the Canadian uh, Real Estate Association came out and saying that, and then you've heard some of the analysts in the banks say, oh, you can predict a 25% drop in real estate prices across Canada as a result of this. I do not believe that. I'm not going to speak for Hamilton, but I don't really think Hamilton that much either because it's so well. It is an umbrella community of Toronto. But I could see Toronto, Vancouver. Those guys might get hit. They got hit last time, but they were back on the climb. London and surrounding area has just been on its own little path for the last three years. And we've been, you know, mind you, all we've been doing is catching up with the rest of the province and the country. But I don't really see a massive drop in, 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 in prices. I mean... At the end of the day, the market's getting beat up every day, and then it gets better, and then it gets beat up, and it gets better. But you look at the real estate market, you know, people will put their money into real estate as a long-term investment. Yeah. Well, I, I know that uh, the mortgage companies and the banks are doing things to help people who maybe are out of work right now, uh, financially struggling to pay their uh, their mortgage or to keep their homes. And let's hope we don't get to a point. I mean, it's great for people who have money, but if you don't have the money and, and you get to a point where people are selling because uh, they they have to because they can't afford to live there anymore, uh, that's, that's not something that, that anyone wants to see. So hopefully we don't get to that point. Jim Smith, past president of the London St. Thomas Association of Realtors. Thanks for coming on with Taz and Jim this morning. Thanks, guys. Stay safe. Thank you very much for checking out the Taz and Jim podcast. If you want to listen to us the old-fashioned way, live on the radio, you can do that on FM 96 in London or Y108 in Hamilton weekday mornings from 5.30 until 9.30. Or subscribe, keep downloading the podcasts, And we'll keep talking.